0: We really, uh, you guys make up a big part of our church family every summer. A lot of our folks are probably working today. Uh, they're making a living on the tourists who didn't go to church today. And uh, so, so we're thankful that you decided to come worship with us. Mountain Family Fellowship has already been mentioned. There's some brochures laying around that have the, uh, the schedule and I know there are a few of you who you, you think, this is in two, two weekends from now, so not next weekend, but the weekend after, uh, we will not be at this building. This building will be empty, and we will all be worshiping with these other churches together out at the Nazarene camp. And I know some of you go, oh, good, we get a week off. <laughs> no, no, that's not the intention. There is a, a scripture, I can't remember where it's at, but it says something close to this. That we're commanded by God to maintain the unity of the Spirit. God has given us unity with believers. And so our job is not to create unity. Our job is to maintain unity. Well, how do you maintain something? You have to give some time and effort to it. You have to give some attention to it. And so I'm really, I'm just letting you know, this is very close to my heart. I'm just giving you a personal plea. This is very close to my heart. It's a very important weekend when we gather together with seven or eight churches from here in Rudoso. And uh, you just saw two of, uh, two of my best friends, two of really my co-workers in the kingdom here in Rudoso. That was Rick Hutchison from the Nazarene Church and Bobby Barnett from Grace Harvest. And we partner together. We pray together every single week, 52 weeks a year. We pray together for you and for all the, the churches in this village that are, that are trying to grow closer to Christ. And so I hope you'll gather, you'll grab one of these brochures. And on that Friday, it starts at 530 and then it goes all day Saturday, and then Sunday morning we'll be out there together. And I hope you'll at least choose one of these times if you haven't been out there. And if not, choose, choose the whole weekend. Come and join us for Mountain Family Fellowship. Also, another important thing that's going on here at Gateway right now is that our most, I think probably everybody here knows, I would imagine that our youth minister, J.E. Bundy, I thought I saw him here, but he might have. Is he, gone? he had to go do something. But J.E. Uh, and Megan and their family are moving to Midland And so we love J.E., we're going to miss J.E., but uh, J.E. has helped us with our mission of our church. You You guys that are members of Gateway, and if you've got a bulletin there, you can look right on the front. It has our mission right at the top. And I'd like for you to say our mission with me. Our mission at Gateway is to grow closer to Christ and encourage others to grow closer to Christ. And there he is, J.E. Bundy, and he's helped us with that mission. He's helped us grow closer to Christ, and he's helped us to encourage others to grow closer to Christ. And his his job in being here hasn't been our mission is to grow closer to J.E. And to encourage others to grow closer to J.E. That hasn't been his mission. His mission has been for us to grow closer to Christ. And he's done a great job of helping our teens do that. And so I'm just trying to make the point that we're going to miss J.E. and Megan. We love them. But the mission is to grow closer to Christ. So we're going to find another family to come and help our youth keep doing that mission. Amen, Grady? Okay. And so this is, there's two things that we need your help with. Two things we need your help with. All of you, everybody in here, even if you're a, you're a visitor, you're a guest, you live in Texas or Arizona, and, and you're just here to get out of the heat. Two things we need your help with. Number one, if you know a great youth minister somewhere, we need their name and some contact information. Okay, so you can give that to me or you can call in the office or give it to one of our elders. Or you could just call him yourself and say, hey, I know this really cool church in the mountains. And if you'd like to come, you know, call the office or send us a resume. And, And we're just praying for God to bring us names right now. That's all we're doing for a couple of weeks. Just trying to get names. And here's the other thing you could do. Everybody in here, even if you're just visiting for one time, you could pray for God to bring us the right person to be our youth minister here at Gateway. Our hope is, my hope, my hope is that we'll find a youth minister in 2017. That's the year we're living in right now. Sometimes it can take a really long time to find a youth minister. It can take actually up to a year maybe. And we're praying, we're asking God, God help us find one in 2017. So this is what I've committed to do. What is the military time? 2017, what is that military time? Everybody's figuring it out? Hey, let's see. Yeah, minus 12, 24 minus four. Okay. Yeah, it's 8, 8, 17 p.m. at night. So I've set my phone to go off at 8, 17 every evening. And, I, and then I'm stopping right then, whatever I'm doing, and I'm praying. And I'm asking God, God, would you bring us the right person in 2017? So would you guys join me in praying about that? Awesome. Okay, thank you. You encouraged me. Thank you so much, Cody. Cody actually sends me a text every night at 817, and he goes, what time is it? What are we doing right now? He reminds me in case I forget. So I hope you guys, that's so important. We want to cry out to God and ask him to bring us the right person. Well, we're finishing a series today in the book of Galatians, Galatians chapter 6, and we've titled this series, All Access. We've been asking this question for six weeks now. What is necessary to get access to God? Is God a God of lots of red tape? Is God have a formula of religion? And he says, now, you just show up and you bring your, you bring your correct A-plus doctrinal test that you got an A on. You bring your church attendance record. You bring your morality record. List that you've kept all your life. Yeah, it's an old joke. When I was growing up, it was we don't drink or smoke or chew or date girls who do. Right? You guys have all heard that before. So you bring your little morality test and 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 you bring just the things that you've done right and that you've done for God, and you bring them and you add them all up, and hopefully you get a good enough score that God will give you access. And the book of Galatians makes it crystal clear that that is anathema. That is heresy. That is not true. That is not what Christianity is about. That's what man-made religion is about. Galatians makes it crystal clear that the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection is what we need for complete access, all access to God. Most churches, say, that's true. You, you know, the, the cross, the death, burial, and resurrection, it's really good, it's super important. You need the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And if you have that, you have almost access. Not all access, you have almost access. You just need to do a few more things that we do at our church that you have to do right, do them this way, and then you'll get all access. And Galatians, Paul is making it clear in Galatians, That is not the gospel. The gospel is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus and shifting our weight completely onto the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Ah, standing right there, just on what he did. That's the gospel. So we're going to read from Galatians 6 today. And just as a way of introduction, I want you to think this morning about boasting, about bragging. You guys know some people who brag, right? You guys know some people who kid around bragging sometimes, and then you know some people who are not kidding around, and they brag all the time, and man, they can get really annoying, can't they, you know? I think the one that I've known the most, everybody's like, who's he going to say? Is this somebody we know? The one that I've known the most was from when I was a kid, and he had a lot to back it up. I'm telling you, the guy had a mouth, and it, I, I just got to show you, you got to watch, you guys remember this guy. Listen to this guy brag. Listen to what Muhammad Ali had to say back in the 70s.
1: I can whoop him. That's when that little Cassius Clay from Louisville, Kentucky came up and stopped Sonny Liston, the man who annihilated Floyd Patterson twice. He was going to kill me, but he hit harder than George. His reach was longer than George. He was a better boxer than George. And I'm better now than I was when you saw that 22-year-old undeveloped kid running from Sonny Liston. I'm experienced now, professional. Jaws been broke, been knocked, knocked down a couple of times. Bad. Been chopping trees. I done something new for this fight. I done wrestled with an alligator. <laughs> That's right. I have wrestled with a alligator. I done tussled with a whale. I done handcuffed lightning, throw thunder in jail. That's bad. Only last week, I murdered a rock. Injured a stone. Hospitalize a brick. I'm so mean, I make medicine sick. Man, dude. man, no Fast. 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 Last night, I cut the light off in my bedroom, hit the switch, was in the bed before the room was dark. Incredible. Fast. <laughs> Incredible. And you, George Fullman, all of you chumps are gonna bow when I whoop him. All of you. I know you got him. I know you got him picked. But the man's in trouble. I'm gonna show you how great I am.
0: Ooh, man, I wish I could make rhymes like that. He was like the original rapper, you know? (laughs) But he says, I'm going to show you how great I am. I'm going to show you. You're going to know how great I am. And I'm telling you, all of us know some people that maybe aren't quite that forward, but that's what they're trying to do all the time is let us know how great they are. Here's the deal. We're going to see from Galatians chapter 6 that whether we realize it or not, every one of us in here is bragging. All of us are bragging. It's just a question of what are we bragging about. And Paul is going to tell us there's only one thing, one thing only, that he We'll brag about. So we're going to see that in Galatians six. Let's pray, and then we'll read from the text. God, thank you so much for this morning. Thank you for uh, just this weekend of remembrance of our country. God, I'm I'm so grateful for uh, the fact that you let us be born in a great country, and all the freedoms that we have. That we that we even when we try not to take them for granted, we probably still take them for granted. Forgive us for the complaints that we make that are ridiculous and silly. Help us, God. Help us to remember while we live in what I personally would call the greatest nation on the face of the planet. Help us to remember that it's nothing compared to the kingdom of God. Oh, God, we look forward to seeing what you have prepared for us. How much greater and how much awesome, much more awesome will it be? Help us to remember that our citizenship is in heaven. We are seated already with you there. So God, uh, thank you for this country and help us not to ever depend on this country. Help us always to depend on you. Lord, I want to pray today as we always do here at Gateway for another church family. And today I want to pray for the Trinity Church in Capitan. And I thank you that we are... uh, that we have the unity that you've given us in the Spirit, and I pray that you would help us to maintain it. I pray today for the pastor there, uh, for Justin, and, and for his wife Danielle. And I just thank you for them, God. I thank you for his boldness to uh, just speak the truth there and not to be afraid. And I thank you, God, for how hard he studies the Bible, and I thank you for how much he loves people in this community. I thank you even for some of the people that I know that have left Gateway and have gone to their church. And, and we, just, we rejoice, God, that we're shoulder to shoulder in the kingdom of God and that they're receiving what they need there with Justin and Danielle and with that church family. I am so grateful for the Trinity Church in Capitan. And I pray your great blessings on them today. I pray that as Justin preaches, that he'll boldly claim without any embarrassment the death, burial, and resurrection, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Lord, we want to lift up Caitlin to you today. She's on all of our hearts. And uh, we just want to hear, we want you to hear your people crying out boldly, boldly, God, we believe you can heal her. We believe you could put your hand on her and you could miraculously heal her right this second, God. We believe it. And we might just have a little bitty mustard seed of faith about that, God, but we believe you're that powerful. So we thank you for doctors and nurses and medicine and tests. We're grateful for all that, but we depend on you, God. And we cry out, please heal, Caitlin Bovary. Lord, as we study today from Galatians 6, I pray that you would strip away anything that has been falsely grabbed a hold of and held onto in our hearts. Anything of religion, man-made religion, any dependence on our own goodness. Strip it away, God, today. Strip it away from my heart completely. Strip it away from our hearts. Help us to depend completely on the work of Jesus at the cross. And I pray it in His name. And, we, and every, all the believers today said, Amen. Amen. From Galatians chapter 6. I'm going to cheat just a little bit and I'm going to go to Galatians 5, the verse before, because this really goes along with chapter 6. Verse 26, let us not become conceited. Provoking and envying each other, brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourself, or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you'll fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks they're something when they are not, they deceive themselves. Each one should test their own actions, and then they can take pride in themselves alone, without comparing themselves to someone else. For each one should carry their own load." Nevertheless, the one who receives instruction in the word should share all good things with their instructor. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from their flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. I have for a long time read this end of Galatians, and I've just listened to it because, as kind of a bunch of proverbs. That's what it sounds like to me. A whole bunch of good things that Paul is saying. By the way, I almost forgot to tell you, don't forget that a man reaps what he sows. Don't forget to be kind to each other. Don't forget to help each other. But as I've studied Galatians more recently, I believe Paul is doing something that's much more connected with the book of Galatians than that. Something that's much more cl- connected with the gospel, with the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. He's talking about, listen to me, this is the whole same whole thing right here. He's talking about a heart condition. A heart condition. And that heart condition causes us to treat people in a way that's not godly. And I'm going to explain that, and I think Paul is explaining that to us. And at the end of the chapter, he's going to tell us, how do I solve my heart condition? I've got a heart condition that's not good. It causes me to treat people in ways that aren't right. What do I do, Paul? He's going to tell us what the answer is. So what is this heart condition? Well, it's in chapter 5, verse 26. He says, don't become conceited. Now, most of the stuff that I've read says that's not a really great interpretation or or a great translation of that word. It doesn't help us very much. A better translation of the word is right here. It's in the Old King James Version. It says this Let us not be desirous of vainglory, provoking one another, envying one another. Now, that doesn't seem very helpful to me either because I don't say vainglory ever. I mean, I've never even said the words, that word, until just now. So that seems not very helpful. But as I studied this, I began to learn what that word means in Greek. This word vainglory is empty, empty of glory. So I'm seeking approval and applause and honor from other people because I've got this place inside of me that's empty and I want to fill it up. Vainglory. You guys remember the song from the 70s? I think Carly Simon might have sung it. You're so vain. You probably think this song is about you. You're so vain. I think she sang it about one of her boyfriends or something. And she basically was saying, you're so vain. You're so full of yourself. You think the whole world is about you. And some of us know people like that. Arrogant and boastful and proud. Or the other extreme, the other extreme is insecure needy people. This kind of two polar opposites. People who are going, I'm just so awesome and I, everything in the world's about me. And other people are like, I'm, I just need so much. In fact, it reminds me of, of a movie that's about 20 years old about, about a guy named Bob. In fact, that's the name of the movie, What About Bob? And, and some of you have seen it. It's, it's about a psychiatrist. Richard Dreyfus plays the psychiatrist. And he's trying to go on vacation with his family and he wants to get away from His patients, so he leaves and goes to a lake somewhere, and he's off having a good time with his family. But Bob, who's one of his new patients, can't live without his psychotherapist. And so he stalks him and follows him and finds him on his vacation and comes into the restaurant where he is. And this scene right here is when they come out of the restaurant and they're having a little conversation about how inappropriate uh, Bob's actions are. And here it is bob your behavior is completely inappropriate you're angry no no i don't get angry well you're upset (laughs) i
1: don't get upset well then let's have a little talk bob i do not see patients on vacation ever how many ways can i make that clear now what i'd like you to do is to get on this bus and go back to new york i can't i'm totally paralyzed i'm all locked up you got yourself here barely well Getting back will be therapeutic. But can't we just have a little talk? Bob, you are testing my patience. Come on, I've come so far. Bob, I'm baby-stepping. I'm, I'm doing the work. I'm baby-stepping. I'm not a slacker. Listen to me. Check listen. it out. Look it, I'm in really bad shape. Come on, please. Bob, please. Bob. Give me, give me, give me. I need, I Bob, need, Bob. need, I need, I need. Bob. Give me, give me. Okay, okay. Please. All right, all right, all right. All right, it's 2 o'clock. Go to the bus station, buy yourself a ticket home, and then... Wait for me in that coffee shop. You'll meet me? I'll call you in two hours. Oh, my God, you're the greatest. No, 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 just, just you have to promise me that you will buy your ticket and go home. Absolutely. I'm going to do, do it right now. All right, I'll call you at 4 o'clock. You couldn't possibly make it 3.30, could you? Bob! 4, 4, OK. Exactly, 4 o'clock. It's better, OK? Thank you, Dr. M.
0: I need, I need, I need. Gimme, 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 gimme. And it's kind of funny. We, I mean, the whole movie's funny because we can all kind of see ourselves a little bit in Bob and his insecurities. You know, I don't think I know anybody really who's that insecure, but, but we can see ourselves in that. See, it's either arrogant, like the whole world's about me, or needy, both people have the same heart problem do you get that both people have this condition right here vain glory an empty heart that needs applause and can't get it and so is looking everywhere to try to find it where do we get our affirmation from where do we get it maybe some people say i'll tell you what i'm going to be successful I'm climbing the rung. I'm going to get to the next step. And when I get to that level, my dad is finally going to have to say, I'm proud of you, son. He'll finally have to say it to me. He said, you know, when I was younger, he said fill in the blank. But when I get there, then he's going to have to (laughs) vainglory. Or some people say, "Well, I, when I get enough money, I mean, I'm, I'm, man, I'm working hard. I, I work a lot, and I'm, I'm, when I get enough money, and I can move into that neighborhood, and I can drive that car, and I can go to that club, and I can be a part of that group. That group is going to give me vainglory." Some people, it's, it's even more subtle than that. As some people, it's, it's just this: it's, I, I'm going to be. I'm gonna have a great family. I'm gonna be a really good dad and a husband, or I'm gonna be a really good mom and, and a wife, and we're gonna have kids, and, and they're gonna be really good kids, and, and we're gonna gather them all around, and we're gonna share love together, and that's gonna give me meaning and purpose. Thank glory. There's nothing wrong with being successful and climbing the ladder. Nothing wrong with making money and and getting your place at the club. That's great. Nothing nothing wrong with having a great family and gathering around and enjoying the blessing of God. It's just that what is going on inside of us is what makes it either a gift from God or vainglory. It's like... There's a door that we've been pounding on. We've been knocking on it all of our life, trying to get what we need. Knocking on. I need acceptance. I need love. I need access. And that, that door usually is trying to get that from people around us. Sometimes desperately trying to get it from the people around us. Most people spend their life thinking about how to be in the popular crowd when we're young, how to go to the right school when we're in college so that we can meet the right people and they can do the right things for us, how to find the right spouse so that they can give us the things that we need and want the most, how we can have kids so that that'll give us that love that we've always been looking for and grandkids someday and on and on. It's very natural, isn't it? It's very natural, mostly just gifts from God. There's some people, though, that do it in ugly ways. They use people up. They take advantage of people. They scam people. They step on top of people. They get every drop they can wring out of a person, wring it out, and when they're done, they throw them off to the curb. And Jesus shows up. Jesus shows up on the scene in the middle of our insatiable grasping at this need that we have to fill ourselves up from people trying to get stuff from each other, approval, applause. And Jesus shows up and he says, I'm here not to get anything from you. I'm here to give. I'm here not to be served by you. I'm here to serve. I'm here not to kill anybody that's in my way. I'm here to lay down my life. So that you can have access. And he could do that because he had this filling up, this filling up from God. And he didn't have to get that vain glory from other people. The entire book of Galatians has been pointing us toward the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And telling us, depend on that... If you have your weight over here on this side, I've done this every week. If you have your weight over here on this side on the things you've done, that list of all these good things you've done and right things you've done and all the good things and right things you believe, and that's what you're depending on, shift your weight onto the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. All onto the work that he did to depend on him for your salvation. That's what the whole book has been about. But at the end, Paul is telling us You live the gospel every day. You access the acceptance that you're wanting, the love, the purpose. You access it through embracing the gospel, embracing the cross as your identity. This is not Jesus just Jesus story. This is my identity, the cross. The death, dying to myself, the resurrection, the hope of future. And so, as Paul goes through this whole thing in chapter 6, he's pointing toward these examples. And in verses 1-5, through if I'm a person who's seeking vainglory, if I'm in that business, I want to separate myself from people who are caught in a sin. I don't want to be in that messy stuff with them. I don't want to be a part of that. I might actually be... People think I'm like that. And I might just invest all my time. I might just... You know, give and give, and then they're probably going to do the same thing they've always done. It'll just be a waste of my time, and it won't get me anywhere. If I'm into comparing myself to other people, like Paul says in verse 4, so that I feel better about myself, I say, man, that person is stuck in sin. I'm not stuck in sin. That person's not carrying their own load. I'm carrying my load. Why can't they carry theirs? And that makes me feel better, and that really lets me grab a hold of some vain glory. Paul is challenging these, this way of living. By the way, this is a little side note, but I think it's so important in Galatians 6. He says in verse 2 that you should, that we should help carry one another's burdens. Okay? Then in verse 5, he says, carry your own load. Well, which one is it, Paul? Is it carry each other's? Burdens or is it carry your own load? Which one? Those words in verse 2 and 5 are two different words. The word in verse 2 is a crushing weight that would crush a person. So the, the things in life that aren't just the normal things in life. So that we help Brian and Deborah right now while Caitlin's sick because this isn't normal. This isn't normal things that happen in life. And so we help get underneath that weight with them that's crushing them. It's why why we help the people in our church family that are sick that we love. It's why we come alongside people that are going through a divorce, and we get underneath there and we help. Oh, we're like, we're going to help with this crushing burden. And the the word in verse 5 is like a backpack, like your load. Like carry your own load. Take care of your own stuff, right? Get a job. Go to work. Pay your bills. Don't complain and whine about every little thing that happens. You know, when your TV won't go to the right station, don't, you know, have a hissy fit. When they sing the songs you don't like at church, you know, don't have a conniption fit. Just just carry your load. Deal with your life. But then when these crushing things come along, we get underneath with each other and we help carry the burden. So, so much. of what I have experienced in my own life and seen other people do is trying to get the things that we need from other people. And when we're doing that, we get weary. We get weary and we want to give up because somebody gives us a compliment and we're like, Oh, and it fills me up. And then someone, you know, cuts me down and says something. And then it's like, Oh, someone wants to do things my way. And it's like, Oh, and then someone doesn't want to do things my way. Oh, we just get weary. We want to quit. We get tired. We're just going on this whole thing of trying to get what we need from other people. What's the answer? To get all access through living out the gospel. To give our lives away like Jesus did. To embrace that as our identity. My confidence and my inner strength that I have and my resources come from this truth that Jesus Christ loved me so much that he died for me. Wow! Wow! We've heard it so many times, we're like, oh, yeah, Jesus died for me. Come on, Christ died for us. Wow, this is amazing. He conquered death, so I don't have anything to be afraid of. He has gone to prepare a place for me, so I know where my future is going to be. And I can be confident in that. So many problems in our life would melt away if we would just embrace and hold on to this truth. Hug it, hold it, grip it tight. Be unwilling to let go of this truth. How many church fights would be avoided if Christians would not be trying to get what they need from each other and be approved of by each other, but just embrace the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus to how much God loves all of us. Well, let's finish by looking at the things that Paul says. Here's where he goes with the answer. Listen for all this stuff about all the bragging that's here. In, in verse 12, he says, Those who want to impress people by means of the flesh are trying to compel you to be circumcised. The only reason they do this is to avoid being persecuted for the cross of Christ. Not even those who are circumcised keep the law, yet they want you to be circumcised that they may boast about your circumcision in the flesh. May I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Everybody read that sentence with me. Ready? May I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything. What counts is the new creation. Peace and mercy to all who follow this rule, to the Israel of God. Do you hear all that boasting going on in those verses? All the conceit, all the vainglory, all the grasping for places and and, and trying to get ahead and above other people. Controlling other people, all that stuff. And Paul tells us the answer that will heal this heart condition that we have. This heart condition of either boasting and saying, I'm going to make sure you guys all know that I'm the greatest. Or this heart condition that goes, I need, I need, give me, give me. Or something in between there. What will heal it? It's the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Find your glory. Find your glory in the gospel. Here's how Paul says it in another place. We'll just look at a couple of verses in Romans chapter 2. A person is not a Jew who's only a Jew outwardly, nor is circumcision merely outward and physical. He's dealing with the same thing in Rome and Galatia. These people who've come along and said, well, you have almost access, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Woohoo! We love it. That's great. But you don't have all access yet until you do this next deal. And he's dealing with the same situation. It's circumcision here in Rome and in Galatia. He says, no, a person is a Jew who is one inwardly. And circumcision is circumcision of the heart. By the Spirit, not by the written code. All of us in here have got some insecurities or we've got some pride and we've got this thing with our heart where we're trying to get it filled up and all of us in here today need to say to God, God, here's my heart. Here's my heart, God, and I need you to, I need you to cut it open. I need you to do a little heart surgery. I need you to tenderize it because it got really hard. And I need you to fill it up, God. Fill my heart up with you. Fill my heart up with what you have done with me, your love and your acceptance. Paul says such a person's praise is not from other people, but from God. That word praise in the original language The word applause. Such a person who offers their heart to God that way, their applause is not from people, but from God. That's where we get filled up. Some of you needed to hear this today. God is clapping for you. Paul is saying, if God is clapping for you, that's enough. You don't need all the other vain glory that people try to grab in this world. So your dad criticizes you. Hurts. Doesn't feel good. But it's okay. Because this is what you have from your heavenly father right here. And your buddy makes fun of you because you don't make as much money as he does and you don't have the same car or you didn't get the same cabinets in your house or you don't have the same covering over your driveway or you don't have the big enough boat like he does, on and on and on, blah, blah, blah. And yeah, it's annoying. It's okay because you've got this from God. You have God's approval apart from all that. If we will give God our hearts, this insatiable desire for approval from others melts away. I'm not seeking vainglory any longer. I'm not trying to get filled up by others. Now, there's one other little thing that there's some people who say, well, this isn't about me because I don't care what anybody thinks about me. I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. But sometimes that can actually, it just depends on what's going on inside our heart. That can be a defense mechanism. Like, really, I do care, but I'm not going to let them get close enough for it to matter to me anymore. We can still have a heart condition that needs to be healed by God. But when my fulfillment comes from the gospel, when my fulfillment comes from God so loved me that he gave his one and only son, my fulfillment comes from Jesus died on the cross for my sins, He raised from the dead, and He's gone to prepare this place for me. And that's the only thing I'll boast in. I'll boast in Him. I'll put my confidence in Him. I'll put my confidence in His work for my salvation, not my work. And I'll put my confidence in Him for every other part of my life. What a difference. What a difference it makes. So there's this kind of fine line between saying, well, I don't care what anybody thinks. You know, it doesn't matter me. But really, deep down inside, we do. And there's kind of this fine line between saying, well, I, I don't really care what other people think because I'm really doing this for God. Let me share one last story with you, and we'll be done. Years ago, when I worked at a different church, I was, I was a youth minister, and I was working with the leaders, or I was working on some kind of activity, and I just said, I invited this guy to come be a speaker for us uh, uh, for this activity and so I told the leaders of our church we gathered for a leader meeting and I told them uh, hey you know I invited this person to come speak and when I said that when I said that person's name like the room went oh. and I could feel I like the tension was like thick and I thought uh-oh and they were all looking at each other like he doesn't he doesn't know he doesn't I, I was I said is there a problem I, is there something something that is not good here I mean is this this person like not a good teacher or and so finally somebody spoke up and said well those people at that church they don't think we're going to heaven and i was like who cares I really said it in the meeting. It was probably because I was young and dumb and naive, you know, to say that to leaders. I shouldn't say that. But that's what I was like, who cares what they think about whether they are going to heaven or not? Do you guys literally care if another person thinks you're going to heaven or not? There's only one that I want this from. Well done, good and faithful servant. Well done. Only one. God has given us all access, an all-access pass. He gave it to us 2,000 years ago when Jesus died on the cross. And I've been praying every week that if you have been depending on yourself, your weight is over here on the things you've done, you've accomplished, you've believed, that they will move to all of your weight on the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. I've been praying Because I know it took me a long time to shift from here to here. I'm not saying anything about you guys. I'm just saying where I was raised, it's just where I was raised up. We put our weight here. And it took me a long time to shift my weight here. And it's made all the difference. It's made all the difference. And that's why I wanted us to study Galatians. Because I think it might be possible that some of you might have been raised in a place like me, like this. And some of you today might need to shift your weight. I've been praying that you will. And if you do, Galatians and a lot of other places in the Bible make it crystal clear the right, appropriate response for anybody who shifts their weight to the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus is to be baptized. And if you've never done that, I'm praying for you as well. I don't even know which... Somebody told me the other day, I don't think that person's been baptized. i like, really? I didn't know that. This is your business between you and God. I'm here to preach the truth, and I'm here to tell you. That's the appropriate response. That's what the Bible tells us. If you've never been baptized, we could do that today. Casablanca will still be open. <laughs> They'll wait for you. What a great... Way to finish your weekend in the mountains. To have a holiday weekend and remember it for your whole life. We were up there celebrating the freedom of our country. And I celebrated the freedom I have in Christ by being immersed into Him. Maybe some of you, maybe some of you see yourself in that insatiable desire to get other people's approval. And if that's you, man, we, we want to pray over you. We would love to do that today. We'd love to encourage you to fully put all of your eggs in one basket. Death, burial, resurrection. Have I said that? Have I said death, burial, and resurrection? I hope I've said it about a thousand times. And I hope I say it a thousand more times because I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. God gives us an all-access pass. If you need to get one today, you come while we stand, while we sing.